listen, so we're back at it. I've been looking online. There's a lot of memes I've been posting, one of which I just posted on my Instagram yesterday. And the, and the Instagram says, stop overthinking why people did you dirty. They did it and meant it. Move on. And I said in my caption, Damage in Blue, that um, an expired relationship is not a beef. And I think oftentimes, uh, you know, we get into these situations where, you know, we fall out with old friends or people that we've, you know, had relationships with for a long time. And then people seem to think that that's, an, that's a beef. And I just was thinking about, you know, what I've talked about on the show of going out and asking God to remove people from my life that aren't on the same journey as me. And then when I think about the fact that he's blessed me with that, I'm just really, really grateful. But I find that people online are obsessed with uh, this ideology that because a relationship expires, that you now have a beef with that person. And then I think that, you know, you cannot be friends or not be friendly or not even share the same airspace and still not hate each other. Right. Yeah, I agree. I completely I think that's agree. Part of being an adult. It's not just about being an adult, it's about being emotionally mature. I have this thing that I always say, I am an emotional vegan. I don't do beef. You're just mad by yourself. And so for me, if something goes left, then I just take it as information. Okay, now that I know better about how you move, bet information. But I'm not going to sit up at night thinking about it. I'm not going to create fake drama where there isn't none. I think folks who have beef tend to be people who need business to be worried about. I have real business to worry about. So it's a lot of free time that it takes for people to have beef. And I think that's why, Jason, you probably don't engage in that because you are very busy. Beef is for the yeah, board. I got a lot going on. And I just I just feel like if you hold on to the beef and you're still feeding it this subliminal shade or taking a shot at this person, mm. that person, like you're still in it. Like you don't understand. Yep. It still has a control over you. And so when I think about you know, the things I'm hearing of people that I used to have relationships with, or they said this, or they said that, that tells me they're still living in whatever it is they believe we went through. I have released everybody who's not, you know, team Jason, team Hollywood Unlocked, team success, team happiness. Um, I had dinner uh, last night uh, with Amber Rose, Tiffany Haddish, and Evan Ross, and a couple other friends. And that whole conversation was about how we can be great how we can lift each other up. It was laughter. It was congratulations to Tiffany with They Ready. It was congratulations to Amber on a project that she's passionately working on. It was congratulations to uh, Evan, who him and his wife, Ashley, just did this video this, with their beautiful baby. It wasn't about drama. And, and, I, and, I, and I just, I wanted to bring this up today because I think oftentimes, especially with the last four years of what we went through with the government and with COVID-19 over the last year, and now going into a new year that, there are so many people hanging on to expired relationships. And even though they say there's not a beef, they're allowing that hanging on to give the perception that there's a beef. And I just want people to just be blessed with happiness and to learn how to let shit go. Absolutely. I co-sign that. I mean, this weekend, I've been spending some time doing kind of the opposite. <laughs> so I've been kind of connected with people that I used to be tight with from back home and you know i've been out here in la almost 10 years and sometimes it's surreal that i'm in this new environment dealing with new people and sometimes i you got to go back and do some grounding so it's funny you say that because i've been doing the opposite but i've been trying to find that feeling of you know getting back to the people that help me feel like you know know who i am and find myself again you know 
And I think often a lot of us that, you know, we see these headlines where people are getting killed by their friends or family members, like your inside tells you who belongs in your life, whether you're in a relationship or it's a sibling or whatever. And I just oftentimes think, oftentimes think that people don't really check in with themselves. I had somebody hit me up recently online wanting to seek out a, a relationship with me who I'd been friends with probably um, two decades ago. No, there's no reason to. It's great to hear from you. I'm glad that you and your family's doing well, but it's a no for me. See, I'm somewhere <laughs> in between the two of you guys. So, you know, I love the word nuance. I had two different people. It's crazy that we are having this conversation. By the way, Mercury's in retrograde, for those of you who believe in that. So this is, again, those three weeks of the year where people from the past are going to start popping back up. And for me, I had two very different experiences this weekend. One was somebody that I cut off a year ago. And we had the first real phone call that we've had in a year. And within five minutes, I realized that he hadn't grown at all. Pandemic, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, election be damned. He's the same Negro that he was uh, 14 months ago when I stopped talking to him. So that was a great lesson in knowing that like, okay, our season has really passed and you haven't evolved. So you're going to be left there, right? But then I talked to somebody else that I haven't talked to in a while. And I realized that this person from losing me, he gave me this really beautiful speech about how me walking out of his life actually helped him evolve and it forced him to look at things in a different way and that he came back better. And so it was kind of interesting to see two people that I stopped talking to, one got better and came back to me better. And one is still on some fuck shit and needs to stay where he was. So for me, my thing is whenever I lose somebody, I have the same mantra, please feel free to steal it from me. Come back better or don't come back at all. That is my friendship yeah. mantra. It's my relationship mantra. Come back better or stay gone. Why well, honestly have this perspective? I'm too busy. Just stay out. You walked out, <laughs> rock the dough, stay out. And I'm going to tell you because I learned a long time ago, back in the day when I used to drink heavy and Twitter, you know, when, in the birth of Twitter, I used to be uh, very vicious online. And I learned that um, you, there's power in destroying people for sure. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say I'm above the pettiness or the petty grade to do it because at times there are people that need to be destroyed. However, I found that more times than few, there's a lot more power in disassociation, backing away from a situation, backing up from a relationship, distancing yourself from somebody. And people, you know, I have a lot of people in my life. I have people with perceived power and influence and fame and, and wealth and all that. None of that matters when it comes to the human connection, because I could tell you, in your minds, you may think that there are people that we that I need or that you need because they are powerful or they're rich or this. And that. But that's a lack of self-love and self-worth. Like when you know that maybe in a world where it's rich and chaotic, you bring peace and comfort, that's a that's an invaluable asset to people. And so I'm just learning how to back up. And again, there's no beef. I wish everybody well in their lives. Um somebody recently came to my house and said, I heard you and so-and-so. Bail out. I said, where? I, is somebody, was somebody going to tell me? And I had to go back and pull up receipts to show that this person fell out with themselves. So, Blue, when you bring up Mercury retrograde, there are people who just live in Mercury retrograde. Their blood type is Mercury retrograde. And that's, Mercury retrograde. Fucked up. And that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb, by the way. <laughs> You know what? Are you trying to sell us a car? I, I will say this, though. At the end of the day, love and respect are synonyms. So anybody who doesn't respect you doesn't love you. And so it's very easy to figure out where you belong and where you don't. Well, and if you don't love yourself, you're not going to know how to force exactly. other people to love you. I really do come from the school of you teach people how to treat you. You teach people right. how to treat you. 
if you have relationships around you that are dysfunctional or not healthy or abusive, think about how you taught them to treat you like that. You know, and I, and I, you know, there was one relationship that I ended recently that I questioned a lot of why that person was in my life. And I feel that, you know, in many ways, I know my contribution, what I bring to the table. And I'm not even talking about Hollywood Unlocked. That's the only thing. But when I think about what, I, what my contribution and personally, like the investment that I've given to that person's life, of course, you can't help but want to be petty and think about how fucked up, you know, the fallout was or whatever or or the disassociation. But then you just have to remember that you can't give power to hate. You can't give power to ignorance. You have to push through. And so I, I wanted to bring this up today least about me, but more about those of you out there who are struggling with self-love or self-doubt or, uh, you know, you, you don't understand what's happening in your life because relationships may be shifting. Make sure you take a step out of that. Look at it for what it is and ask yourself, what am I teaching these people and how to treat me? And more importantly, what is the teachable moment for you? Because oftentimes I think life is moving so fast that we don't take that time. Amen. I would ask y'all to watch me how to nae Wait, but what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kill the topic because the person who created the song killed somebody. You didn't see Salento killed his cousin. Yeah, Silento and the song is "Teach Me How." <laughs> that transition, wow. Wait, was that the right yes. song? That was the right song, right? No. no, it was the right song. I just didn't see where that was going, and it hit me in the face like a brick. Well, shit, okay. that's y'all not being prepared. I'm ready to go. I don't know what. I, I, look, I know who Silento is, and I know what he did. Boy, he oh is. boy. Wow. Okay, Silento. Silento killed his cousin the other day, allegedly. I'm gonna say that because he hasn't found guilty yet. But it, again, that goes back to these relationships. You know, how often did you guys fight? How often did you know that he was shady? I mean, how how do you not feel that energy? You just don't come out of nowhere and get killed by your cousin. This is yeah. why I don't let people come around me like that because I just don't know people's motives and. People laugh at me when they come to my house because I be having guns sitting on my couches. My sister FaceTimed me and I had a gun sitting on my couch. Amber Rose came to my house the other day. I had a gun sitting on my uh, coffee table. Why? You just never know. Somebody could come through the backyard. Somebody could come to bring FedEx boxes. Like, we just live in a crazy <laughs> place right now. It is a crazy world. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see what happened in this story. Was it self-defense? Because there's a story about a, a rapper, Little Snoop, who got killed playing a video game with a longtime friend. Now, I'm not saying uh, what Silento did was right. I don't what I'm saying is I don't know what happened. So um, I'm really interested to see what the scenario was to cause a star. Because we used to see Silento all the time, Jason. I think I seen Silento one time with you. And he seemed like he was budding to be like an international performing star. It's like, where did the left turn go where you're now toting guns and killing family members? You saw Salento with me. No, I'm just, I mean, you probably didn't realize he was around, but yes, it was the time I was with you and Salento was around. Damn, I, had, I had a killer in the cut. <laughs> That's not funny. That's my point. That's, That's my point. <laughs> Damn right it ain't. My safety was at risk. I feel a boom gang moment all over again. And the thing about it is we just never know. You never know what people's intentions are. You know, I, I meet up in public places. I don't let you come to my house. If you do come to my house, there are like 18 cameras and like six guns. You know what I mean? There's a panic button to the police, sirens on the house, lights. Bitch, it'll be full out Christmas over here on my street. La the other night I was laying in bed and a, there was a party that happened in the fight. The street had like a, about 100 people in it fighting. You know what I did? Push my panic alarm. 
called the police and then they came in and oh I my came God. Damn right, shut this party house down and take all these motherfuckers to jail. You're that neighbor. Where? You're that neighbor who does that. Call me Ken. Yes. <laughs> so Karen Lee, I'm gonna start calling you Karen Lee. That's fine. Karen Lee is classic. Karen. Why? Why? Because I'm gay. You can call me Ken Lee. Okay. I can call you Ken Lee. <laughs> Look, I just again, I'm just. I wanted to use the space today to just say to people like, be careful. The energy you have around you will create and manifest the steps that you take every single day. And, you know, last week, I think I told the story online of I had to go. I literally checked out, cleared my whole schedule and went and got in bed, pulled the lights down and turned off all the lights and pulled the covers over my head midday because I just felt like I didn't have it in me. You know, I just felt like, yo, this energy, the energy is being sucked out of me. And I I checked out. And so I just I don't know if people check out or check in with themselves. And um, when I see what's happening online with all these people that people are being killed by or, you know, mm-hmm. being, I don't know, spiritually attacked by that they're doing enough self-check-ins to know that they deserve more. But that's the important about, part. I will say this about spiritual energy is that I, you guys know, you make fun of me that I'm a spiritualist and I do a lot of readings and um, energy work with my clients. I have started to notice that the more clients that I take out, shout out to them because clearly a lot of them watch the show. The more clients that I work with, the more energy sensitive I am about anything that is ugly or duplicitous or low vibrational. And so I really have to be really mindful these days about who I have around me because any random funky person that I don't know that I don't understand could completely throw my energy off. And it's crazy because, and this is going to sound like a weird segue, what really drove this home for me, and I hope you guys watch this, was the Wendy Williams documentary. Did you guys see that? It was... I, I, saw, I saw the biopic. I have not seen the documentary yet. Well, the, the young lady who plays Wendy in the biopic did an amazing job. It's clear that she wore Wendy like skin, right? Like, I don't think anybody could play Wendy Williams better, including Wendy Williams. Her, so shout her, out to... Her name, her name is Sierra Payton. I just interviewed her Sierra on Sierra Payton, you... You are amazing and I'm going to follow you because you bodied that role. But for me, the documentary was much darker. And you know how they used to have that show back in the day, Scared Straight, where they would take badass little kids and put them in jail and have like, you know, convicts like threatening to like booty tap them so that they would like straighten back up. The Wendy Williams documentary felt like Scared Straight for middle-aged black women because that documentary shows you, you can make every single one of your dreams come true. And if you marry the wrong Negro, you will still be miserable. I, if I was ever lonely and considering settling, uh, Kelvin and Wendy's story has made sure that I will do my due diligence because he was the pits. It was the worst thing ever. She literally made all her dreams come true. And thanks to this one man, I want to call him names, but I won't because I heard he's a goon. Because this one man named Kelvin, uh, she couldn't even enjoy it. And she's at the top of her game and she's sobbing. So yeah, please watch that documentary, ladies, if you ever want to settle. Ooh, child. You know, she show the most raw part of herself in the biopic. I haven't seen the the uh, documentary yet, but a lot of people online are saying that it's really, really powerful. And then what I love about it, there's that scene that we've seen in uh, in the clips play over and over and over where she's laying on the couch in a row with no makeup on, crying, talking. Like, mm-hmm. that's Wendy when you're at her house. No makeup, like the mascara, like that's, that's Wendy. And so I love the fact that she stripped it all away, no pun intended, to be able to show the rawest part of herself because I think people will learn to appreciate it as much as I do. 
Absolutely. And um, just to piggyback off what Blue was saying, to go down as one of the worst husbands in entertainment history is kind of like, like, uh, what's his Courtney Kelvin? That is a hard reputation that he has. And it's been going on for a long time. He's up there in the Hall of Fame with some of the worst entertainment husbands of all time. I just said that's an ugly feat. Yeah, I mean, you know, but they to be able to see them leave New York and when they went to your city, Philadelphia, all the challenges they went through in the biopic with the miscarriages and just, I mean, you 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 oftentimes don't see these celebrities, especially when they're iconic in their lanes, humanized that way. You know, to be able to look at them as somebody that you know they are they are a bag of bones, they are skin, flesh, heart, and blood, and that they feel pain the same that same way that we do, and still to be able to show up and entertain people. Like even on this show, I know I've gone through a lot of things behind the scenes, but to show up and entertain, especially on days where you just don't want to, but you have to because that audience is waiting for you and to see what drove her is the same thing that drives me. The passion for your fans was was really inspiring. And so I just pray that she got the healing, you know, that she deserved in watching this. And the one other thing that I would say about Wendy Williams, I know for sure is she is not a sensitive person at all. Like she's made a still, the woman has been through a lot. And so I'm glad that she was able to be honored, you know, while she's still with us. Yeah, even I want to see like that her. documentary. Please watch the documentary, guys, because even if you don't like her, you cannot help but respect her. And Charlemagne actually went off and said that she was still being nice to him. With all the ugliness that we saw in the documentary, Charlemagne claims that Kelvin is still 10 times worse than what Wendy is saying. So, well, you know, a lot yes. of their relationship fallout was based on uh, Kevin. So mm-hmm. um, I think that there is a lot more that uh, that that um, Wendy could have shared. But, you know, I also know Wendy's affection for her son. She doesn't want to sit there and be on camera attacking her son. Damage, you remember when we interviewed Wendy in New York, and we asked her about her, her baby daddy, her husband, her ex-husband. This is what she said. Most people thought, like, Kevin just ran everything and you just showed up. But it's like, how could she just show up if that's, it's all no. Wendy. Kevin and I were together. And only I, Jason, can talk bad about him. And I do often in the mirror, privately, in my bathroom, in my bedroom, um, over there, and close the door. And yes, I do. Don't talk bad about him, okay? Because it wasn't all bad. But, you know, he effed up. See? I mean, I don't take that as protecting. I see that as protecting her son from having yeah. to see her son's father, you know, be you know ridiculed online. So I don't know. Is there something there with that? Should she have gone harder? Mm, I mean, you got to protect your children, man. You got to protect your future. And that's somebody that he has to look up to as an example of a man. And, you know, Kelvin, uh, codename, his journey is still continuing. We don't know what he's going to turn out to be at the end. And hopefully he turns out to be a better and more beautiful person, hopefully. But I do respect Wendy in that right where she's like, look, I can talk about him, but y'all chill because that's my son's father and that's family. And that family doesn't just break up like that. Family doesn't break up like that, but we also have to call out the gaslighting because one thing that everybody did mention is in the movie, even in the movie that that you saw, Jason, she shows that Kelvin, aka Kevin, was this huge protector who made her feel safe and nobody else made her feel safe. But what her friends, including Charlemagne, are saying behind the scenes is that he gaslit her by making her feel like he was the only one who loved her. 
So be, please be careful. Sometimes people pretend to be protecting you when they're actually isolating you from love from other sources so that you feel like you need them rather than just want them. So that was a really, really powerful part where he would tell her, you're fat, nobody else is going to want you. You're ugly, nobody else is going to want you. And then when she would get attacked by tabloids, he would pretend to be her protector. That's called gaslighting, ladies. Do not fall for that. Somebody who loves you doesn't have to disrespect you to make them feel needed or necessary. So the whole thing is a, is a psychologist wet dream about what not to do in a relationship. Well, listen, something else has been going on over at Clubhouse. I'm very active on this app. Uh, I'm almost to 80,000 followers, but I was Ooh. in a room the other day wow. with uh, with uh, 21 Savage and there was a whole discussion going on whether or not you can be, if you had to choose, would you choose love or loyalty in a relationship? Uh. And I have to tell you, I kind of sat back because it seemed like there was a lot of shooters on stage and I didn't want to get caught in the crossfire. <laughs> And, you know, in our community, we it's a little different. So I just wanted to listen. And me and 21 were side by side on the stage. But there was some people were very passionate that they wanted love over loyalty and then others love loyalty over love. And I was confused because how can I love you if you're not loyal to me? And how can you be loyal to me and not love me? Oh, it can happen. Yeah. It can happen. You can see that with uh, situations between siblings, you know, like it's like you have a love there, but there's no loyalty. There's the and when I when I think of the word loyalty, it's just like the compassion to do right by people. So I have people that have loved me and done everything in their power to try to bring me down or um, extort me or, you know, use me because of this word love. They try to use the word love to get anything they want out of it. So it's like I rather I rather have the loyalty. I rather have the compassion. I rather have you being a good person rather than just saying you know, that you love me because love can make you do also crazy things, right? You can be in love with somebody and it drives you to do something so out of control where it's like, okay, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know about this. So, so for me to, personally, sound... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying for me personally, depends on the semantics of how you're using the words. I would choose loyalty over the love. I had a whole relationship where he was loyal as fuck. But then when he told me he wasn't in love with me, the relationship was over and it was all gone and it's all good. I was just on... I'm not going to be disrespectful, but, you know, I look at his new situation now and I'm like, much better over here. But, you know, again, he found his happiness. I just don't know, like, if I bring you in my whole world and you give me loyalty in exchange for that, but you don't love me, how is it that I can love myself if my partner who I brought that intimate into my life and that, that intimate into my world doesn't love me too? So I think you guys, and this is going to be me sounding Buddhist, but what you guys just described was in love that's called attachment. So loyalty would like, you cannot, you cannot love someone and be disloyal. So, but you can be attached to someone. So your, your brother and sister can be attached to you because they grew up with you. Your boyfriend can be attached to you because he needs you for X, Y, and Z, but that's not love. That's attachment. And I think a lot of times we mistake being attached to people to loving them. But if you love someone, when it's time to be loyal, it's second nature. So the question itself is flawed because there is no love without loyalty. There's attachment, though. There's lots of attachment. So I, I think the question itself is already flawed. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Like, how can you have That's not love. Separate, that's attachment. Separate, especially in relationships. Too. It's like, that's hand in hand. It was a conversation being moderated by 21 Savage. So <laughs> I, I got to give 21 some credit. Yeah, I'm giving him some credit, man. If you're looking at the book from just his cover, you wouldn't think he's as enlightened as he is. Of course, like all of us, he has a lot to learn. But the conversations he's been having on Clubhouse, I salute him because he's definitely been stepping up and changing the narrative of what you would think um, a gangster rapper would talk about and say and expose himself. He's very vulnerable as a person. 
Well, yeah, so he's a good game, starter. I, so, so is the game. And honestly, I, I that was just a joke, uh, 21. I will say that his manager, Mizi, he, me and him, we moderate a lot of rooms together. He's a really cool guy. I, I love the fact that the culture has gone to Clubhouse and has kind of taken over. But I have to tell you, when are we going to stop making white people more rich? And I'm just at a point now where I'm building out my own app as the person who owns his, and operates his own IP. And I'm thinking, would my people show up on my app the same way they show up on Clubhouse? Mm, see? See? Because well, we, look, all you got to- we, we, we all know we're the hot sauce, right? And then we complain about ownership and lack of opportunity. But yet the minute that somebody white uh, create something, we all of a sudden like navigate over there and all of a sudden that we have to make that hot. And then we get mad when they get a billion dollar valuation and you sit at your house on your ass and all the celebrities who are doing it and that aren't on, that are on the app but aren't out creating their own, you know, you take the short end of the stick. So when does that stop happening? Mm. And, and to your point, you're right. It was intentional. Clubhouse has been around for almost a year now, but wasn't a hot topic until they intentionally and strategically started giving out invites to black influencers and black celebrities. So we quite literally are the reason why Clubhouse is popping and why people are just hearing about it now. So that's just factual. It's not even an opinion at this point. We are the Honestly, soft. Jason, we got to stop hating on each other because the problem is we look at white establishments or businesses as neutral. So we can all support this because no one else is going to come up over someone else. Now, if a black person was to start Clubhouse and we all supporting it, they're making a lot of money. Now this person in our in these people's head is better than us. They're doing better and it's all because of us. And now we don't have the control we want to have because you're supposed to be my, my boy or we're part of the same culture. If I have critiques or if I want to reach out to you in a certain way, you're supposed to give me that, you know what I mean, seeing that, that access. And I feel like we have to break the chain and break the mindset of just because it's a white company, white establishment, that this is considered neutral and we can all support it and nothing's wrong with that. Which is why I think boundaries are so important. If you go to a black owned business, I'm going to support you because you're black owned, but I still expect to get good customer service, right? You're not entitled to treat me bad just because I look like you and I'm not entitled to feel like I can tell you what to do just because you look like me. So I think a lot of people in the black community feel entitled to each other's spaces and that lack of respect is probably why we end up being our own worst enemies a lot of times. And why are we just that? You know, I was watching online the other day, actually on Clubhouse, where people were talking about, you know, black. it's Black History Month and how proud they were. Every day is Black History Month over here. <laughs> what are we talking about? I'm so sick of only celebrating blackness one month out of the year. Like in terms of real celebration, yeah. why are we not having this mentality every day? Now, do you feel like 2020 was... I mean, it was a bad year, but do you feel like that was like our first real black history year? I felt like almost every month there was something that everybody had to pay attention to what we was doing. Well, we were I dying. I mean, that's me, a bad reason, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm saying outside of that. Well, for me, 2020 was not a bad year. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of bad things happening with George Floyd and all that. I think George Floyd, you know, there was a combination of two things. One, there was a video where we saw it. We saw him die. But then two... We were all still enough to absorb it and we just could not digest it and we refused to digest it. And that, you know, there's been so many black men and black women who've died at the hands, unarmed black men and women who've died at the hands of white police officers. And we've, you know, it's come and gone as a moment. But I look at when I look at businesses and being a business owner, you know, I don't want to just start circulating my money on Black Friday or on Black History Month. I want it to be a black day every day. 
Yeah, I mean, here's the thing about last year that bothers me is I always have an issue when black the black community gets highlighted because it's preceded by trauma, right? Last year was very black, but it was because there was black bodies that were preceding that and ushering that in. So the one thing I do like about Black History Month is at least it's the one time we can be celebrated without somebody have to be, you know, shot or hung first. And also too, I'm gonna be really honest with you guys, I don't mind using white guilt to get their money. Whether it's Black Friday, Black February, Black whatever, if this is what it takes to guilt corporations into giving us money and pouring resources into our communities, I'm here for it. Run me your pockets. It is Black. It is it is, it is Black every day of February, right? So for the whole month, I want white folks to be sending cash apps, Venmos. Let's go. Let's do it. Bring white it. guilt. You, you sound it. like the ANR. You sound like the ANRs on uh, Clubhouse. <laughs> I agree with them. White guilt owes <laughs> us. They owe us a check. Ching, ching. Why you roll your eyes, Jason? Well, speaking of Black Lives Matter and it being Black History Month, I'm so happy uh, that I read this week that Black Lives Matter, the whole movement, and Stacey Abrams are both being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, is it is it is it overdue? Yes, <laughs> that's a good question. Black Lives Matter started seven years ago, and a lot of people didn't take it seriously. And it's worth mentioning that Black Lives Matter was started by women, black and queer women, two groups that often do not get the voice that they need. And now we have them all to thank for what happened last year. We saw the protests. We saw what happened in the wake of George Floyd. And then Stacey Abrams. I think anybody who follows me on social media knows how I feel about Stacey Abrams. Um, she is a, the gift that keeps on giving. We owe her a thank you like twice, maybe even thrice. And so, yeah, who is more deserving than Stacey Abrams and Black Lives Matter? To me, they both hand in hand, being able to literally change the tide of the country in the midst of Lex Luthor being president for his last term. So love it. I, love this. I, I can't co-sign enough. Um, and we talked about this, Jason, when we had Reverend Al Sharpton on where people are like, oh, we, we need the next Martin Luther King. We need the next uh, Malcolm X. And Reverend Al Sharpton told us when those people were here, a lot of people didn't appreciate them. And I want yep. everybody to take this moment to make sure they appreciate and understand the magnitude of this person that we have to celebrate Stacey Abrams. And I'm so glad that internationally she is getting this praise, but I want all of us in the black community to champion and make sure we protect her at all times because this is somebody that is making history. This is history in the making. It's such, it's such a big deal. I'm excited to see this happening. I'm excited she's getting this praise, but I want also everybody in our community to wake up and understand what's happening and give her all of her praises, all of all of the flowers right now because she deserves it. Sorry, I just went off on a rant, but she deserves no. a rant. <laughs> she really does. She really does. Like, I don't think people understand what was at stake this election. I mean, we know what we went through in the last four years. I don't think my heart, my little achy, breaky heart could have lasted another four years under the duress that I was forced to live in. You know, and people keep saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to stay in this country if Trump becomes president again. Well, what, you going to leave your whole country? You going to leave your family here to stay in the country? No, we have to take control. We have to make change. And that's that's what I think Stacey did. I mean, when she was robbed of becoming the, uh, you know, a governor uh, in this country, you know, she, I think, made it her mission to use her relationships and influence to turn the tide in what we know as sometime in, in, in an undemocratic appearing uh, government. Mm -hmm. And I just love the fact that she 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 did it with such grace and such self-respect. You know, because sometimes it's easy to be bitter and to attack and to point fingers and cast blame, but she didn't do that. She served as an example to all of us on how we should be great. And so I'm just glad that she's being recognized. I'm glad that 
the Black Lives Matter movement that has has been demonized many, many times as a terrorist group or as a not as a social movement, but as something as a social disruptor. I love the fact that it's being honored in the way that it deserves, because I remember this being started way back when Trayvon Martin was killed. And that was a long time ago. And you know what's so crazy is the fact that Black Lives Matter is up for a Nobel Peace Prize during the same week that it's been announced that the Proud Boys are officially being deemed a terrorist group. Mm. So that is just so good to me because for the whole time that Trump was president, he was calling the Proud Boys, um, you know, Proud Americans and calling Black Lives Matter thugs. And the minute he's gone, history has already righted itself. And so there's something kind of beautiful about that. Also, too, let's be really honest. There's been a lot of civil rights activists who want to say that they're the next Martin Luther King, right? Who would have thought the next Martin Luther King would be a black woman from Georgia? So I just think it's a little ironic that we all looked at these flashy men, you know, with their nice suits, but like it was a little engine that could. The thing I love about Stacey Abrams is she's not a superhero. She's literally just someone who put one foot in front of the other and refused to stop. And I think if we don't deify her and literally hone in on how human she is, we could all be Stacey Abrams. She didn't do anything technically that we couldn't do. So the excuse of saying the government's too big and I can't do my part, Stacey has literally and effectively taken away that excuse. Now, has has, uh, has Biden put her in the cabinet yet? Like, what is her role? Does she have a role in the White House yet? Because I haven't seen that. I'm waiting. I am waiting to hear how they're going to pay her back because we owe her. There's not a stimulus package big enough for what we owe Stacey Abrams. I almost feel like this Nobel Peace Prize nomination might be like the first fruit basket in a long line of thank you but gifts why? that they have but waiting why for her. why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? She's probably exploring her options to see where she has the power to make the most impact. So they might be having conversations with her behind the scenes that we're not hearing about. One thing that I think Stacey learned from the VP um, running was that when you talk a little bit too early and you don't get what you want, it becomes a talking point, right? Like Stacey Abrams not becoming vice president became a talking point because she was so transparent about her being vetted. So I think she probably learned to, you know, real G's move in silence. So I think they're working on something, but we're probably not going to know until it's completely confirmed. And I don't blame her. I would like to see. Her, I would like to see her be the Secretary of State. Oh yeah. I just like seeing. You know, honestly, it's so good to have public figures and, and black public figures that aren't athletes, that aren't you know um, entertainers, that we can actually look up to as in the black community. Like Stacey Abrams is something that somebody that I want my son to look at and be like, you need to aspire to be a person like this. Do your part in the community. Seriously, like this is a black woman. This is somebody that you need to understand. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm glad we have any of these examples, the Obamas, you know, Stacey Abrams. And not to knock the athletes and not to knock the superstars, but it's good to have people that's just out there doing their job, helping the community. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Beautiful. And I'm glad that she's getting her flowers because the way they try to snatch them out of her hands was mm-hmm. just, it was just dirty. <laughs> so I'm glad. Look, we all know this show, you know, we get into a lot of things, but we I have to tell you on my other show, Gagging with Jason Lee, I'm having just the most it's the most exciting time because all I do is go live with my fans, the Gag Nation, who is the craziest people I somehow have stumbled upon on the internet. Well, look, you guys know that I got into it with Kaya, the rapper, because she sent people to look for me. She said something about go tell that sissy that I'm the real gag nation. And if you know anything about me, you know, once you come for me, I'm going to go all out. And so I went and trademarked everything. And this is, let's be clear, I'm giving you this lesson during Black History Month because this is a history lesson that I don't want to repeat itself. 
when you are a black business owner, you need to protect your IP. And if you're going to send somebody to get the sissy, don't let it be a sissy with some coins and a good legal team. So after I trademarked everything, I said, now that I have gag order, what am I going to do with that? I got to give out gag orders. And what better forum to do it in than to do it on your own court show? And so now I am Judge Jason. Take a look. Before we get started, before we get started, bitches, are you ready to gag? I'm starting a new segment. The segment is called Judge Jason Relic. Well, I could put my robe on fast enough. Okay, roll it back one more time. The gag nation is literally crying tears. Did y'all think I was gonna do all this for nothing? I'm a performer, bitch. I'm gonna be issuing gag orders in the middle of the show. All you gotta do is email me at judgejason at hollywoodunlock.com. And this is where I will hear all your cases live on air. All you gotta do is submit your case to me and I will bring you justice. So if you got the tea, come here and let me judge it. You can't even see, but it says gagging Judge Jason on my thing. I put it on here. Amazon, $23. <laughs> that was brilliant. I hate I hate to give you your flowers too much. I don't want to big your head up, Tatiana, but that was absolutely brilliant. I, I, so, I have no words. What's the first case? That's what I want to know. I got to tune in to see what's the first case you're going to be, uh, what is it, presiding over? I probably made that word up. The people yeah, versus Kaya? No, Judge Jason is presiding over cases. Okay. Yeah, I actually... I actually presided over the TI matter. Um, and I had oh. no jury. I had no jury, no defendant, or no plaintiff. It was just straight TI. And uh, I just did it as a joke. You know, we actually got the assets in that night. So we didn't have time to really plan nothing. But I will, I'm looking for people out there who want to come on Judge Jason. So all you got to do is email me at judgejason at hollywoodunlock.com. And then you can come and you, plaintiff or defendant, can come on and state your case and then I will render a verdict. That's wild. That's I'm excited wild. and nervous at the same time. I don't know if I love this or or, or I'm scared of this. This is going to be an interesting journey, Jason. Yes, it is. And the only question is, will you be innocent or will you be guilty? And only I will know the answer to that. I don't know. You know, no, it's just... Look. <laughs> It's all fun. I know people are online like, oh, my God, you took that black woman's brand. I'm like, not yet, because I just told my attorney this afternoon. <laughs> I told my attorney this afternoon, I said, OK, now that we have Judge Jason, now we got to do all the takedown notices and go snatch them off the Internet. So, um, yeah, Kaya. Um, sorry. You should have her on, Jason, since we were talking about, you know, mending fences and showing grace and. I would love to see the, the people versus I don't, know show, I don't know what show you've been in. I didn't say that about mending no fence. I didn't say that about that. <laughs> You're going to have to see you, her. You're gonna, the you industry is tools? so small. You, you have, you'll see her at some point. How are you going to act Bro. the next time Bro. you see Kaya? 
Blue, I realize that you're new to the show, so let me just remind you, I'm the king of the fucking internet. I don't see motherfuckers that don't rise to the top. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I don't know nothing about what nobody's doing. I sent her a gift basket for her phone bill and for her lights. I'm fucking going to buy her some gagging seat covers. I, I've done my part. What the fuck else do I need to do? I am working over here. Damage help. Wow. Okay. I don't know. I don't know anything about <laughs> Kaya. So I'm riding with Jason. Sorry, Kaya. I don't know you and I don't give a fuck. So <laughs> by the way, I do have a new sweater that I'm going to get one for both of you, blue and damage. It says okay. gagging on the front and on the back. It says her neck, her back. I took them trademarks just like that. <gasps> hey, that's gangster. Wow. Here's the picture of the sweater. If you want to join the Gag Nation, go ahead and get it right now at hollywoodunlock.com slash shop. Damage Blue, I get one for both of you. See how that rhymed? Yeah, I see what you did there. I see Ooh. how you did that. And case dismissed. Bye. <laughs> Peace, y'all. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace. <laughs>